this is not part of the sermon, but when we were worshiping today, something just came to my mind. Um, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. People are worshiping the wrong things in the world today. It's full of things that, that we can love at the expense of our relationship with Jesus. It really is. Success, money, status, accomplishments can all become things that we value above all else. When I was working at Walmart as a, as a manager in the early or late 80s, early 90s, Walmart, that's during the time of the, of the just unbelievable growth. Uh, their stock was going up every every two or three months, splitting and going up, splitting and going up, and stores were going up everywhere, and just unbelievable. They required a lot of the managers, and if I'm not mistaken, divorce rate and management was somewhere between 40 and 50%. You know why? Because we as managers valued success and money and accomplishments more than anything else, more than our families, more than God, and that's the way the world wants us to be. We need to be conscious in our lives as believers, in our lives as Christians, that what matters most is giving Jesus our time, our energy, and our affection. The Bible is clear. When we desire the world, we are not friends with God. In fact, we are enemies with God. James 4.4 4 says... This is from the uh, CES, which is Christian CVCS. I don't. I've, I've been reading more versions that I don't for you. I don't remember what they are, but it says, "You unfaithful people, don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy." Now understand, it's okay to go into the world. That's what we're supposed to do. But we have to remain children of God. There's a new song out that has won some awards, I believe. And those of us in this room, probably as much as anybody understands, the 70s, 60s and 70s was the love, the hippies, the da-da-da-da-da-da's. And the, and the thing that was popular back then were love children. Oh, she's a love child. He's a love child. And there's a Christian song out now that says, I am a child of love. Obviously, they need to listen to some of those rock and roll songs and change that to, I am a child of God. Hmm. 
That's preaching out of nowhere right there, Miss Paula. It just came up. Hey, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. The world uh, wants to flood our minds with things that are only temporary. Ooh, have you seen that new Cadillac that's out? Did you know they've come out with some sparkling seltzer that is supposed to be really, really good? Well, how can you be on the beach without a Corona? The world wants to flood you with lies. They want to deceive you. They want to make you think what's important is not what is truly important. The truth tells us all these things are temporary. As for me, and I hope for you, I want my mind to be encapsulated completely in Christ. No thoughts coming in. The things of the world, they, all, they promise us, don't they? They say, oh, you're going you're gonna to like this, you're going to love this, you're going to, oh yes, you're going to that, you're going to do. What, it, what, what they're saying is, we're going to trick you from the truth and then what you feel good for a moment is going to end. Jesus is the only one who can give us our true identity. Showing us that, that we are already fully loved. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're saying. He loves you as much if you're sinning as He does when you're not sinning. And your desire to please Him will cause you to not sin anymore. Our, our hardest part for me is remembering to make that decision daily, sometimes hourly. I actually did not get mad at somebody driving bad on the interstate today. That's a miracle. That is. <laughs> this sermon is going to be the last in what I'm calling the collision series where we're colliding with, with, earth, with worldly principles. First one uh, spoke on the standing firm in your foundation. When the world attempts to convince us of a different value system. There's about the importance of allowing God to transform you and transform your minds. And then the third uh, was receiving the truth of God's word. Let me remind you of that truth. We have to hold on to it and give it away at the same time. That's not easy to do in the world. But it's easy to do in Christ. This is the fourth and the last of the series. And I believe it's, it's, it's the most important four-letter word people can ever use. Love. Love. Now, if you watch TV, there's another one people are using all the time. And I'm thinking, do classy people really talk like that? And then I remembered carnal people do. We have to love what matters most. We have to make that purposeful decision. Several years ago, I officiated a wedding for a couple that had been in our, in our Sunday school class. He had actually gotten saved in that class. They had some friends had invited them to church and they came and he got saved. He had been uh, in Iraq uh, a few years before and, and seen and done some horrific things. He confessed a, a thing to me that, that gave him nightmares. And when we started this wedding, I called all the groomsmen into a room. And I said, look, 
Stephen has been, has been your friend or your brother a long time. You've had a lot of fun together. But today, you give him up. Yesterday was the last day you called him and said, Hey, come on, we're going here or we're going there. Let's go have some fun. Now he belongs to Katie. And you all cannot tempt him to go in the world anymore because he has another purpose in his life other than being with you. He'd given his life to God. He's given his life to his wife. And in that purposeful decision, he had to say no to friends that wanted him to do other things. I've done it in my life. I, 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 I must make time for Lynn. I must make time for God. Don't go out very much anymore. Why? Most people know I don't want to. I, you know, I, I enjoy a dinner with you guys or something like that. But most of the time, I'd rather be at home with Lynn laughing and enjoying who God has given me as my soulmate than I would being out with a hundred people. Maybe that's just me. But are you making time for God and for the people that matter most in your life? <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible tells us what matters most is spending time with God. I found once I really surrendered, the things of the world couldn't draw me out. I have no desire to ever get stoned again. I have no desire to drink alcohol again. It's just not who I am. Some friends said, hey, we're going to have a get-together next year in Chattanooga. We want you to be there. I said, I'll see. I'll see if that interferes with godly things I've got planned. Because you see, God always comes first in my life. Always. I love Him. He's clear in 1 John 2, 15-17. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. John talks about cravings. We have cravings as humans. I believe that God wants to correct our cravings. The cravings are not what we need them to be. He will take care of them. There are many worldly desires that, that John's talking about craving in this passage. Uh, he's, the things of the flesh, these temptations are, are constantly flooding us from all directions. Well, how can you do that? How can you not do this? Well, I love God. That's how. Your temptation is it's really... It, and this sounds crass, I know. Cold-hearted. And I don't mean for it to be. But if there's a person who has passed into eternity laying in front of you, 
There's nothing you can do to tempt them. And we're to be dead to the world and alive in Christ. So the world has nothing to... I don't need to rush home and watch the Titans play football. I'm dead to that. I need to be meeting with brothers and sisters. Iron sharpening iron. Growing in the Word of God. All directions. Billboards, television, radio, work, home. All directions is flooding us with these temptations of the world. What are they? For some people, it's going back to that website that gives you five or ten minutes of escape that's sinful. The lustful feelings of the, of the body. Scrolling through social media. I don't know if any of you are on social media, but there is some nasty stuff. Nasty stuff. Twitter and, and, and TikTok and uh, Instagram and Facebook. The temptation to go back to those to see something you're not supposed to be seeing. I'm on Twitter. I, I do some scripture stuff. I do some political stuff. It's my vent place. And when I'm on there, invariably, every three to five days, there is a picture of somebody who's following. They call it following you. They don't request a friend. They follow. Somebody following me, and it's a, a woman scantily clad wanting to follow me. Scroll past it. There's no need. I have this. Why do I want a picture? Amen, Pastor. That's good preaching. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> the desire for physical intimacy and connection are not wrong desires. They're not. They're right. The problem is Christians are often tempted to fulfill these desires in the wrong places. Paul points out that the cravings are everything we see around us. I mean, John, he, he calls it the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. Many things in the world look glamorous at first sight. Can I tell you, and I hope you'll understand this, a lot of supermodels and, and women on, on Sports Illustrated without their makeup would scare you. It's like, whoo, didn't see that coming. It's like a good mystery. Maybe you desire to be famous or, or have people know your name. You know, I'm going to throw this out there and you can take it for what it's worth. Pastor Kimberly sent us a message that C.C. Winans was on a TBN the other night. We flipped over and watched it. We loved some of the songs she was singing. Now, as she sang, we were moved with some of the ones and, and we watched and, and we sang along a little bit. And some of the songs she sang are worship songs that we sing here in church. And Lynn said, Kimberly sings those songs better than she does. Think about that. Now, I, I, I was 
prompted by the Holy Ghost that sounded like Lynn to send her a message and tell her that. And I did, and she was humbled and said, not hardly, but the fact of the matter is, is that we have somebody in our church that if had pursued a career, could be a star. Yeah. And, 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 and here, here's the thing, guys. They visited other churches and came back here. I don't know why, but I know who. And she chooses to come and lead us with her team into the presence of God every week instead of going out trying to get everybody to know her name. Amen. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't listen to a lot of junk. But there was a song out several years ago that Say My Name, Say My Name. What about Shut Up, Shut Up? <laughs> you know, guys, it's, it's what we decide to do. It's serving God that gives us that reward, that gives us that fulfillment, that allows us, allows us the victory here on earth. See, God understands. He knows. And there are too many, <coughs> excuse me, there are too many famous people who have become pastors or pastors who became famous that have fallen because everybody knew who they were. Everybody wanted to be with them or be like them. And they were overtaken by Satan. I don't care who knows my name. I don't, I don't care who says, you're a soft-voiced pastor. I was sitting there talking to somebody going, I'm thinking, I am a soft-voiced pastor. You, know, you wait till I get my lungs healed. We're going to have some church up in here. Woo, come on now. You see, guys, the, the point is, it doesn't matter who knows except the one. I preached a sermon before many of you all were here that it's more important than knowing God is for God to know you. Yes. And I backed it up with the scripture that he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Come on now. Is, is, is him know us is more important than, than us knowing Him. But we have to know Him for Him to know us. Right. It's a two-way street. We can't get there without serving Him, without surrendering to Him, without giving Him our lives. Amen. The world says if you're not on TV, you're not a good preacher. I've heard some people preach that are pretty stinking good preachers that aren't on TV. And some of them on TV, I'm thinking, you don't need to be on TV, Bubba. Yeah, I don't know what you're preaching or how tight them jeans are you're wearing. Some asked me if I wore skinny jeans. I said, <laughs> They did, so... See, that's another joke. I did it, and, and I forgot to tell you about that. They said, tell us something funny, Marty, or Big Papa. I said, somebody asked me if I ever skinny dipped before. 
I said, what? I said, I'm like chunky dunk, but I ain't never skinny dipped. Oh, hallelujah. I think about it, thank God. That he corrects our cravings. He wants us to hunger after something that the world cannot control. We can only find God's love by first finding God. And we find God's favor. In 1 John it tells us, 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed that the love of God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. The most important four-letter word, love. When we find God, we find true love. And and in the verse I read a few moments ago, we have to pay attention to how John ends that, that scripture. He, he says that the things of the world, even the world itself, will one day pass away. Everything. We were listening to a preacher on TV this morning getting ready for church and, and he reminded us in Revelation, I think it's Revelation 21, says the heaven and earth will pass away and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But John says, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Will live forever. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. Let that sink in. Every everything in this world one day will, will pass away, but we'll be with Him forever. Luke twenty one thirty three says, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away." That's why we need to know God's word. Those words are forever. The truth is forever. That is the only reality that I need. Is that God says, "I love you, Marty Cooper. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and whatever you do for the kingdom will be rewarded in heaven." Don't worry about not being able to do something on earth. I'm going to reward you in the kingdom. That last forever. Amen. Jesus is saying that my, my, my word will not pass away. The Bible's full of instruction. I forget, I don't forget. I, basic instruction before leaving earth. The Bible. Basic instruction before leaving earth. It's all, all in the Bible telling us how He wants us to live. But you know what? It all comes down to a four-letter word. Love. I struggle with loving terrorists. I struggle with loving idiots. I don't know, I don't know if y'all have that problem too. There's Kirby commonly reminds me stupid because I was stupid Monday. <laughs> I think it's okay to struggle. I do. Because in those struggles we find what God can do for us. In those struggles we find the true answer. 
The world's love is conditional, isn't it? As long as you can help me, I'm going to love you. As long as you can do something for me, I'm going to love you. As long as you're my boss, I'm going to love you. As long as you're doing what you say you'll do, I'm going to love you. Only love that which deserves to be loved is what they're saying. You've got to earn my love. Maybe your friends don't understand what love really is. I can assure you, the people that used to love me when I was a drug addict loved me as long as I had cocaine and marijuana. And when I got clean and sober, they didn't love me anymore. Still the same guy, just wasn't doing what they were doing. God wants us to rewrite the world's narrative with His narrative. Unconditional love. You don't have to do anything for me for me to love you. For God is love. What did we used to call them? Never mind. Tough lovables. Is, is the, Lynn and I had some people in our Sunday school class that were tough to love. Y'all ever had anybody like that in your life? Tough lovables. We coined that term and all of our leaders started using it because they had them in their groups. But it doesn't matter. God didn't say, I don't care. I, if, if they're too hard to love, don't love them. Did he? He said, love them anyhow. Show them me anyhow. Don't think you're better than them. Just because you don't smoke weed anymore, Marty Cooper, don't mean you're better than them. All it is is you've been forgiven and quit doing it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 <laughs> In spite of all the things we've done, and I'm looking around and, and I'm thinking, man, some saints sitting in here. But you know the truth? At one time in your life, you fell short of the glory of God. Every one of us. You know what He did? He loved us. He gave us grace and mercy. Because He says, you're my children, and I want you to know how the Father is supposed to love. God had already made the decision to love us. Now it's up to us to make that daily decision to love Him and to show His love to other people. Many people, and, and I've, I've preached this to you all and I stand on it, and if you want to try and convince me otherwise, you're welcome to talk to me anytime you want to. But many people believe that when they pray a sinner's prayer and invite Jesus into their heart, that you're good to go. That's the first step. I believe you can backslide as quick as you can accept. I, I'm not a Calvinist. Uh, I'm not. God has already chosen who's going to be saved. I'm not a, a, one of our denominations. Once saved, always saved. I believe we can purposefully walk away from God. <laughs> the decision to follow Christ with our lives has to be made every single day. Am I going to be His witness today? Or am I going to remain silent? Am I going to go into this world and resist the temptation 
Or am I going to walk into the world and say, yes, that's what I want to do today. Every day, every one of us, in one way or another, whether we're sitting at home or whether we're out and about, you're going to be confronted with unimaginable worldly temptations. Satan controls the airways. Until Jesus returns, have you, I mean, really and truly, think about that. The songs are singing. Holy goodness. I, don't raise your hand because I know most... I can remember when any curse word on TV got cut out. Anything. Now they drop F-bombs. They say GD on TV. Really? That's where we've gone to? John knew it back then. The only difference in what we have today and what was back then is this internet, high-speed, satellite stuff. We can, have, we can see where they bombed Kabul or Kabul or however to say the same day it happened, the same hour it happened. We lost 13 soldiers. People over there fighting for, for I'm not sure what. Trying to force freedom on somebody that's never free. I had a friend that was uh, an officer uh, during the Iraqi war. And he, he said they were going to do the first election. And they didn't know how to vote. Well, it's okay. Americans do it all the time. Well, yeah, we get stupid and do stupid stuff. We're trying to make the world like us, and we need to worry about getting America right. We need to get back to the, to the reason the pilgrims came here for our religious freedom in the Bible. One group says we're great because we're, we are now a multicultural society. I say we're great when we are a melting pot and everybody comes under the beliefs that this country is founded on. If you want it to be like where you came from, go back. Two questions. Every single day when the temptation comes, do the decisions I make align with the Word of God? And do my actions reflect that I am a disciple of Christ? God sent His one and only Son into this world. And He did it just so that we could be redeemed from a collision course with everything going on around us. 2 Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. It said, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I'm thankful he was slow with me. Because I did some bad stuff. We can easily be distracted and led away, can't we? It happens. But the negative, lifeless message of the world is, will be non-stop, penetrating, enticing distraction that will only lead us away from God. Never let your guard down. But I believe we're able to make a conscientious decision every day. Say no to the things of the world and yes to the love of God and the things of God. When we say no to the, to the world, then we will be able to live a fruitful and abundant life in Jesus Christ. 
You know what he said in John 10, 10. I have come that you may have life abundant or have life more abundant. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What's more abundantly? I don't know what your more abundantly is. Mine, I don't have any chest pain today. That's more abundant. Well, you didn't heal your heart. You had that surgery. They didn't cut me from here to here, and I'm in bed for six weeks. Well, you still had surgery. Won't you go drink some lemon juice, you sourpuss? You know what I mean? It's like they can't understand something good happened. <laughs> the second sermon of this series, I, I focused on Romans 12, 2 and transformation. And as I wind down this sermon, I want you all to listen to this. I, I rarely, I rarely uh, uh, preach out of the Amplified Version. Simply because I talk too much and having that much more in the Scripture just as, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with the superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. <coughs> As you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in His plan and purpose for you. That pretty much opens it up. <coughs> Excuse me. I got this some bronchitis stuff. Isn't it amazing? You get down a little bit, everything hits. It's like, come on, God. Really? <coughs> oh. When you find the world's values collide with the kingdom's values in your life, will you make the decision to stay on the path of Christ every time? Minor adjustments you may need to make. They'll have major consequences in years to come. Daily time with the Bible. Get with a small group of friends that are like-minded. Speak to someone who's, who's, who's a teacher or a leader or a mentor. Have increased accountability with all the other people you know. And cut off destructive habits and tendencies. <coughs> that list could go on and on. It's not just about those few things. Point is, there is space in the kingdom of God for you. But, is there space for the kingdom of God in you? That's the decision only you can make. God can't. I can't. Only you can. Surrender a little bit more today. 
Well, I've given him all. Have you really? Have you really? Well, yeah, but... Lynn and I talk about Jesus' healing a lot because we've been healed from so much. And I don't remember, and maybe some of you that are more theologically fulfilled than I am, I don't remember the scripture says, He healed them all, but... I don't remember the scripture that said, He fed 5,000 men plus women and children, but... We put the butt in there. <coughs> Take it out and trust God. <coughs> Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your blessings and your mercy. And we thank you, God, for your word and your love. As we go forth, let us be true disciples, disciplined, and trained for the warfare that you uh, allow us and need us to do here on earth. I ask for this in the name of Jesus. And together let's all say, Amen. Amen.